Well, hello and welcome to First Thoughts, the podcast where usually three hosts each bring a topic, and through a series of questions, we try and figure out what that topic is. This week, it's your co-host Josh, and I'm joined by Jensen and Mike. How are you both doing this week? Hey, I'm good, mate. Yeah, smooth I, I intro there. Smooth, smooth I, I stole your script from <laughs> a previous operator. <laughs> Love it. Excellent. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, Mike. Mike. I'm very good, thank you. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> I think I don't know if Mike like every week just tries to psych us out, out, out glamorize his <laughs> previous <laughs> his previous attempt. Last week he had pure fresh trims, and now he's, he's very much um, gone Russian grandma <laughs> style. Will you describe it to people? Um, so he's Mike's wearing the biggest fur coat I've ever seen, with, with what looks like a shawl as well. I think it's no. a hoodie, but it, it could pass for a shawl. What's no, the drink of choice this week? Uh, <laughs> I've made myself a tequila sunrise, but I didn't have any grenadine, so I've used maple syrup instead. Ooh. <laughs> and, uh, nice. Has it I worked? would recommend. It's very nice. Yeah. Mm. I'm just boring this week. I'm, just I'm on, on water. the. I'm on the aqua also. Yes. Yeah. While we all. You know. Well, I think Mike's episode the other week went really well when he was there. That was beautiful. A little bit tipsy, so <laughs> yes, is this going to become a theme? So, yeah, it turns out I need alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, lockdown hit in half. If you need, Mike. Oh my days. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, I, I, I don't. I, I hate doing this, but like basically, right. I'm going to wing my topic. Like, beautiful. Completely. Okay. Um, I've got some obviously some foundations. Yeah. To, to add to, but. Um, yeah, let's just go for it. Okay. All right, let's do it. So this week, I would like your first thoughts on Razzle Dazzle. Razzle Dazzle? <laughs> I've heard Razzle Dazzle, but I don't... I think Ra- quite a lot of people have heard of Razzle Dazzle. Razzle Dazzle. Is it part of a rhyme there? Razzle Dazzle. Mix and... Mix and frazzle. I don't know. What I'd heard is like, give the old Razzle Dazzle. But this is not... That razzle dazzle. Okay. That's the first hint, Mike. Uh, the shawled <laughs> oracle. What have you to say? <laughs> the shawled oracle. <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> razzle dazzle. Okay. Knowing you, Josh, I feel like it's it's some sort of. It's probably an animal that none of no one's no, ever wait, heard of. <laughs> I'm really trying to break these stereotypes that I've got. I try... <laughs> I've stopped doing medical themed ones. I'm gonna try and stop doing animal themed ones. This is okay. a this is for me. This is a little bit different. Okay. Right, okay. Now I would have thought Jensen, if anyone, would be aware of this. Oh, well, that's interesting. Okay. So, audio related. Uh, it's, it's kind I wouldn't of, say it's audio it sounds, related. It sounds show busy. Yeah, show busy. Yeah. I mean, it's a phrase used in showbiz. Yeah. Um, as I said before, give them the old razzle dazzle or whatever, you know, just hit them with glamour. Yeah. Um, you know, um, with the glitz. This, yeah, basically. But this this phrase stemmed from something prior to that. Oh. Um, I'll give you, like, the literal definition of razzle dazzle. Okay. But it, it is something else as well. Right. So the, and, the definition and... is a state of confusion or hilarity. Okay, of confusion? Oh, hilarity. And I'll give you the first hint. Um, World War One. Okay. Why would I know about this? I just thought if anyone out of the two of you would. Okay. Although it's, 
you, Mike said, is it like, you know, an audio thing? Mm. It's, I'll give you two hints here, but it's a visual visual thing. So maybe Mike would be a... Okay. I don't know. So it's not like the weird piece of... No, it's definitely not that. I was going to say the is weird it? listening apparatus that they had in World War One. if you've ever seen them, like big trumpet headphone things. It's definitely not those. That's just random. I'm sorry, Mike. Mike, carry on, please. <laughs> I'm thinking it's some sort of like flashband grenade or something. Yeah. Ooh. The name of yeah S- something to to cause the hilarity cause, and yeah, uh, confusion. confusion. I mean, T-minus. it is something. It is something to cause that, um, but it's not a flashbang. Um, uh, it's more it of a. a go on, is it a gas? It's not a gas, no. Um, so it's not strictly like it's not a weapon. It's not a itself. weapon. It's something like. But do it they, can, with, mm, go do, on, sorry. Have is it research based? Like a was this well, used for? Well, how this came about, um, the foundations and the science behind it is just not backed up in any way. So we'll get into that once we know what it is. Classic. <laughs> and once you know what it is as well, it kind of. And how they used it, there wasn't a like rigorous way in which you could test the science or you okay. know how effective it actually was. Um, so, so I mean, I was even wondering like shell shock or something like that. Is it somehow related to shell shock? You know, uh, which we now kind of have as PTSD. Mm. No, so as I say, I wouldn't say it's like either the cause of it. So it's not a weapon. It's not the cause of a weapon. Um, so the clues I've given you so far. World War One visual. Not uh, a weapon. I'll, I'll give you another big clue. Ships. Oh. Mm. What? Oh. I Go think on, I know what it is. Is it the camouflage that they put on ships, which was like white, um, like lines, but it was, it was like zigzags and yep. all sorts of different um, lines on the ship. It and was. It it, it looks what? nothing like camouflage at all. Yeah. So I'll um I'll expand on that a little bit. So no, that's cool. There's several types of camouflage. Basically, you've got camouflage, which is used for blending. So like blending into the background, and um, mm. so you might apply like blue paint to a ship, and the idea is premise that's you know could blend in with the sea. There's deception. Mm-hmm. So there's ways in which you can make a ship look smaller than it is or oh. larger than it is. Um, there's counter illumination, so you can hide a darkened ship against um, a night sky by backlighting. Um, and then there's this thing called dazzle. So the Americans called it razzle dazzle, and <laughs> in the UK we called it dazzle. Um, and basically, it's just like a, a chaotic paint scheme using these white and black stripes, so similar to like zebra and zebra. Um, so yeah, but the intention is not to like conceal the ship in any way. To make it difficult to estimate where it is, like so, how far away it is. Oh, so like kind of throw off um, harder to target, kind of thing. yeah, t- targeting, um, estimating one how fast it's traveling, uh, and which direction it's traveling, and as well. But as I say, the science behind this just doesn't exist. Like, why they did this because <laughs> right, okay. what they wanted to do was apply this to ships, but they didn't want it to be like a recognisable pattern that they put on every warship because then, you know, you could easily detect it. So they couldn't verify 
the technique because each design that they applied to a ship was different. Um, you know, so like maybe as a theory it works because you know you think about zebras. Um, well, the patterning oh. there is not necessarily for camouflage or um, deception in that right. way, but yeah. What well, have you just googled? I'm just them? checking this out, and it's flipping wild. It is wild. <laughs> oh my gosh! Whoa! Yeah, so, so this came about in World War One. Um, credited to a marine artist called Norman Wilkinson. But then, like, you know, Picasso and other Cubanists um, yeah, yeah. were like, no, we actually came up with this. We've been using this like, as a form of art yeah. for, for ages, basically. But this guy is the first person recorded to have, like, applied it to ships. Oh, um, my gosh. So, as I said, well, I keep saying that the science behind it isn't, isn't there but as a concept it is like there's just no validation as to whether or not it works in that sense so it started out in world war one um on ships they tried it again in world war two um <laughs> sorry. put it on planes as well um <laughs> sorry there's a picture of a guy <laughs> dressed in razzle dazzle camouflage that <laughs> is just Sorry, it's, tick- uh, it's really tickled me. Sorry, go on, Josh. <laughs> is it is it a guy like this? Yeah, he's got like a badge a... on his head. Oh, is he not just yeah. like lay it's on a, a very... zebra cross- crossing? <laughs> it's, a, it's a very famous photo that of really? a, an artist called Keith Haring. Oh. I think he's, he's an artist. Um, it's an Annie Leibovitch portrait. Okay. Who oh, is nice. a uh, one of my favourite photographers. I didn't know this. Wow. See, this is why when I... You know, at the start, I was like, gentle or no, but then I actually thought about it. Like, it is from like a visual perspective quite interesting. So I did think like you might have come across it somewhat. (laughs) Um, That's wild. It is wild. That's really Um, interesting, actually. I had something else to say and I've forgotten what it was. Um, Oh, yeah. So there's actually, (laughs) there's um, there's something called the Dazzle Ferry in Liverpool. I don't know if you've, you've heard of it. Or seen it. Oh, okay, I'll wrap this up. But basically, it's a, a ferry which has been painted in wild colours, basically. And okay. it's got one section of it has got this dazzle effect in the black and white. And then I think it's got some other varying methods of camouflage. Um, but it's the only remaining dazzle ship in the UK. And if you go to the docks, um, oh. Albert Docks in Liverpool, you can see it. And I really? think you can have a tour on it, yeah, as well. Oh, and man. They, they give you well, a bit of history about razzle dazzle. Oh, well, camouflage. When we're allowed out of our um, our districts, I'll have to come <laughs> back to I'll have to come back to Liverpool and have a have a look. Yeah, at the I'll join you on that tour, man. Yes, I'd, mate. I'd be interested. Let's do it. Yes, yeah, so that's uh, razzle dazzle. That's mad. Uh, I love I'm it. I'm gonna choose uh, Jensen to go next. Okay, right. I'll start my lap in. Uh, it turns out I'd left the timer on from last week um, or some other time, and there was like 344 hours like logged on there. So that was, <laughs> that was interesting. Um, right, well. so what is my topic? Okay, so this week I would like your first thoughts on Frank Abagnale. Abagnale. And if you get this like immediately, I have a backup. I, so, like, you did put this on the chat before you were like, I've yep. got, this might be the time I use my backup. Uh, yeah, but... That name does not ring any bells with me, so... Great. <laughs> Mike... Yeah, I've, I've got no idea. Frank yes, Abagnale. Take... Okay, right, great. So... Okay. 
Um, cool. I'm presuming this is a male named Frank. This is, yes. This uh, is indeed a man. Abagnale. It sounds like maybe a potentially Scottish surname, but no idea at all. Um, no, not not Scottish, I'm afraid. Mike, any... Uh... <laughs> that was an eye but roll I've... for those who can't see. I've got, I've got nothing. Do you okay. want to have a stab in we need some it. sort of... What's this person famous for? Um, he he created the Swiss Army knife. That would be really cool, um, <laughs> but he didn't. No, no idea. Ma- what's maple syrup got to say? Um, <laughs> what's maple syrup? <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I can't. I can't. I need some Clue sort us. of context. Yeah, yeah. Clue us. context. Give us a clue. Okay, right. So, um, now, to be honest, I was panicking so much about the fact that you were going to get it immediately that I didn't think about hints very well. Um, But what I can give you is we are in the 70s when this person did most of the things they do or did most of the things that they did. Oh, when they were aged between 16 and <laughs> roughly 22. Um, I don't know if that will Are help they in any a way. musician or an artist? Uh, they're not. Um, I'll also give you that um, this chap is American. He's American, okay. Is... Was he a spy or in Ooh. the military? So interestingly, he ended up working for the FBI and... Ended up working for the FBI for some uh, 40 years now. Um, Is it in one of those arrangements where he's done something fraudulent and they've said, you know what, you've got an insane skill set. We're going to employ you to detect other people who might be breaking this like law. Okay. Was it like a hacker or a, scientist. You know, a fraudist or okay. fr- fraudster? Right. So, uh, yes, um, he did end up working for the FBI on a special deal after Ooh. he had indeed... He was extradited by 12 countries <laughs> right. um, <laughs> after spending time in a French prison, I believe, a Swedish prison, and eventually an American prison. Right. Um, but the FBI then gave him a gave him a deal. Come work for us. And 70s. find people that do the kind of things that you do. And you were you were close on one of them, Josh. You were close on one of them. Um, there's two main things that this really guy, this guy, big I suppose big crimes that he was really good at um, when he was doing them. I'm I'm gonna say that hacking wasn't one of them. No, not so. It's more. It was a fraud. So fraud was one of the yeah. things. Okay. Yeah, fraud was one of the things. Um, you know that Catch Me If You Can movie with Tom Hanks? Yes, Josh. Is that the man? This is the guy. Yes, this is the guy. And that's why I was like, are they going to get it really quickly? And you know what? We, we managed to do four minutes, so that's good. I'll take that. So, so what other information can you pick out of that, Josh, for me that you can remember at all? Um, so he was... Im- to- I've got the worst memory in the world, but I think he was like basically like an impressionist. He would pose as being different people with select skill sets. Mm-hmm. I think the first or one of the first um, impersonations he did was pretending to be 
a doctor or a surgeon. Okay. And then something to do with being a pilot um, on planes and he would cash white fraudulent checks from all airlines. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all I've got. Mike, have you seen Brilliant. the film? Yeah, I've seen the film. Right. Uh, do you want us to talk about social engineering? Is that where we get into? With this? I, I wasn't. I wasn't actually going to social engineering. I was just wondering: Have you heard Who of this he person? Yeah. Do you know what they're famous for? And and to be mm. honest, we've pretty much landed on it. So I might as well open it up a little bit. So yeah, let's have um, a discussion. I find yeah. that these are the best ones so, when we actually got it. Have a bit of a discussion. So. About stuff. Um, Interestingly, I mean, I don't think you see enough of it, but he had an amazing relationship with his dad, right. um, really. And you can, in fact, you, I've just, I, you know, I watched one of his talks that he did at Google in 2017, and uh, it's actually just, he's clearly mad intelligent, but like really humble guy. Um, talks about what it means to be a real man, is to like, you know, <laughs> like lo- love your wife and love your children, and you know, um, honestly, just a really intelligent humble guy who's totally turned his life around and he's actually very remorseful about what he did in his early life because he ran away when he was 16 years old and went on this crazy journey <laughs> so can you describe that journey to us because like i i've yes. thrown some things out there which i'm yeah. totally plucked from thin air, so but um, I, I do remember the pilot yeah so so uh, the first person he actually committed fraud on was his dad um <laughs> with something around a gas station um, but he ran away from home at 16, and between the ages of 16 and 18, he impersonated a Pan Am pilot, and he clocked okay. up more than 1 million free miles by because at the time, pilots were allowed to stay in um, hotels and bill it to the airline, fly free, even on other airlines, <laughs> and they call it, you know, like a deadhead, and you'd sit in the jump seat, which is like the spare seat in the cockpit. So more than 1 million miles uh, on more than 260 commercial flights visiting Whoa. 26 countries by the age of 18. <laughs> um, he wrote more than uh, 2.5 million in bad checks. So, I mean, that th- you listen to the way, honestly, the way he does it in the film is literally how he did some of these things in making his IDs. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you just had to kind of like show your ID and they'd let you in. So he contacted like a card making you know an id making place and say hey i'm you know from panama and i'm looking can you sort me out a sample and he'd, he'd go down and they'd, and they'd say oh we don't have a picture he'd say oh i have my picture take my picture i'm here yeah so they put his picture on it and then he'd wow. go buy like a model aircraft take, take the decal the off, it, off it yeah. apply it to the id and bang you've got a panama id um you know on you go um later he ends up um taking so he ends up actually somehow impersonating a pediatrician in georgia right that's what it was so yeah and he spends 11 months uh doing that he spends 11 months as a pediatrician but he left after um actually uh, i think a, a, some something didn't go well due to his malpractice obviously mm. um, and he kind of he had to run away again he then ended up taking the bar exam and passed, which is crazy. By the way, this is all even before he's like, you know, I mean, he's nowhere near our age. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, um, <laughs> he's, he's in his early 20s at this point, passes the bar exam, uh, and then ends up uh, working. Under his real in, name in, or under a fake but name? I, th- I think he'd used fake names. He, he right. had eight different, um, he's cra- I think up to eight <laughs> different personas at one point. Wow. Um, one of them was this lawyer um, where he assisted the attorney general to Georgia 
So, you know, like, really got up there. These aren't, like, um, low, under-the-radar no, these are not. things that he's trying to get away <laughs> with. He's <laughs> absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. So then he decides to uh, lay low and goes to France where he's printing his own money. Um, and then, obviously, the, the Swiss or the Swedish, I can't remember which, send an Interpol warrant out for him, ends up in a French prison, ends up in a Swedish prison, and then ends up in an American prison where the FBI contacts him. Uh, but during this time in the American prison, it seems that he impersonated um, an undercover inspector for preferential treatment <laughs> as well. So there's no You'd end think to this be guy's like a talent. Big sticker on his I mean, file, basically holy saying, moly. "Do not believe a thing this so, person says." Um, I need to double check, but I came because <laughs> obviously we don't see that in the film. Um, but um, yeah, and obviously Spielberg made a film about this in 2002, which in the end has made more than one billion dollars musicals made about it all sorts yeah. so um yeah that is i think frank abernail in a nutshell and obviously he's worked for the fbi for 40 years and been at, you know spearheading all these uh, basically every major fraud every major hack um going way for, for, for 40 years basically so is it in his like 60s now or, yeah, yeah, right. he will. I mean, well, can he born retire? In, like, he was born what, in 1948. What so, what are the clauses well, he, of this deal? Is he's actually like, so, has he earned his freedom? Well, yeah, he, he earned his freedom off. So, what he had to do is basically work off the remainder of his sentence at the FBI. Right. But then he decided that he wanted to stay there. Um, and he's set up a business to help where, where he helps people find fraud and prevent fraud. So, um, so that is Frank Abagnale. Well, um, well worth listening to this guy talk, guys. He's really, really interesting <laughs> to listen to. So, um, I believe it's Mike. My time is done. Nice. I'm hitting my timer, and it's um, <laughs> the Oracle's turn. <laughs> nice. Let's see what the Oracle's got Let's for go. us. Okay. Um, I would like your first thoughts on the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. Beta Meinhof. I can't even pronounce that. Ooh. Um, Blank. Is is it a phys, physical phenomenon? Like, um, uh, has, does it does it have, um, you know, some sort of physic physics based explanation, um, behind it, or is it something more psychological or? Uh, I, you know, it's probably psychological. Okay. Um, okay. All right. You know, so we're in the realm of psychology, vaguely, mm. or, or maybe are we maybe more into kind of no? Psych- there there is a physical. The, no, there is a physical aspect to it as well. Right. Okay. Okay. As in, not as in uh, physics, but as in biological. Right. Yeah, physiology. Physical thing. Physiology. Yeah. Mm. Okay. No. Okay. The no, not physiology. <laughs> no, no, not no, physiology. no, okay, right, no, no, no. Beta Meinhof was it? Yeah. Okay. Well, presumably named after a person there, or two people, a oh. group actually. Oh, a group. Hey, come on. All right. Okay. <laughs> named after a group of people, it's a psychological, biological, potentially not physical. Phenomenon. Does it occur within humans or animals, Mike? Humans. 
Okay. I'll give you the... Um... Go on. Go on, sorry. Go on, Jensen. Well, I, I, I was going to... I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering if it's something in the realms of more supernatural paranormally oh. and not necessarily in a spiritual thing, but like some kind of, I don't know, you know, a shared hallucination or something like that. No. No. Nope. <clears throat> cool. I'll give you the the uh, the other the alternative name for Bader Meinhof. Okay. The group that it's named after is the Red Army Faction, which is a West German uh, far left militant organization founded in 1970. Oh. Okay. However. Oh. That has absolutely nothing to do with this phenomenon. Oh, brilliant! Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cheers. Go. Just like it just made me think of. Um, <laughs> Because wow, yeah, there was a... there was a group wasn't there in um, in Germany, like a, a terrorist group. Um, I'm sorry, that's super vague. I'm thinking about like a six hour, eight hour Adam Curtis documentary series, um, which has nothing to do with this. So ignore that. Um, um, uh, Red I mean, Army faction. I think Jensen needs to have a stab because I've. Left. I've ch- chipped away at a couple of things there potentially, <laughs> and I'm I'm a little bit lost. So go on. Right. Jensen. So it's it's a phenomenon. We're naming it after a far left group from Germany. It goes by the other name, oh the Mike, Red, what the Red Army Faction. <laughs> the Red Army Faction. So we're going. I mean, it's definitely German Red Army. Yeah. We look far left, so we're talking mm-hmm. like kind of East German um, communist ideology kind of stuff but it's a phenomena <laughs> so flipping this is the best oh, one i've ever what? seen in my life oh, oh. yeah I'm, sorry it's me <laughs> thinking aloud i'm not stalling i'm like what the just, heck is it, it just um, works don't don't forget that i said that it has nothing to, <laughs> to do, do with, with any background. of that that you fixate fixate you know? <laughs> no, i just don't sure about <laughs> but it's nothing to do with any of that okay <laughs> is it mike um, oh my gosh the ability to uh, self-magnetize. You, you can have things sticking to your body, <laughs> yep. like spoons. Excellent thought. <laughs> but it is not. Do you want the um, the 2006 term for this? Uh, yeah, I do. Actually. Arnold Arnold Zwicky um, looked into this in 2006, and he named it frequency illusion. Oh, okay. Is oh. it where you basically become blind to something the more you see it? No, that's quite the opposite. Right. Ooh. I don't know if this. <gasps> uh, go on, go, Josh. Go on, go. Just... Oh no, because I think what what I was about to say probably isn't it after what you've just said. But actually, my very first thought was mm. actually there is something where you create two overlapping frequencies and it sounds like that it is forever dropping or forever rising in pitch um but Ooh, I you're thinking my literal frequency is in yeah sound i'm thinking frequency but, is in like the number of times so can i ah. guess can i guess something you yeah, know when like so your first car for example so let's just say mine was like a green fiesta so now I'm like super hyper observant and I'm spotting everyone who was the also... reticular activator. <laughs> is that what that is uh-huh. called? That's what that's yeah, the reticular activator, yeah. Oh when you right, okay. Can't help but then see something once you've right. been. So no kind it's of... not. Okay. 
No, it is. That, oh, it is? That is what this is, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> such an understated reaction. Oh, uh, yeah, well done, Josh, yeah. <laughs> you got so, it. Right, so, right so okay, the, yeah, sweet. The okay, Beta-Meinhof phenomenon is when your awareness of something increases, this leads you to believe that it's actually happening more, but it's not the case. Uh, not usually the case, anyway. Right. Uh, you're taking notice of the thing that has taken your interest and your brain is fixing that into long-term memory, which is what they they figure this is. Um, mm. And your brain is filtering everything else out that is not on that topic because you don't have the mental processing power to deal with everything that like you are taking in mm. all the mm. time. Mm-hmm. So your brain focuses on one thing that you're particularly interested in. So if you're, like you said, your first car is the color blue and you're looking for a new car and you want like a silver Fiesta or whatever, mm. you're then going to start noticing silver Fiestas because you're giving your brain that mental right. processing power. Um, so in 2006, Arnold's Wiki did a study on this. And uh, it's considered a process involving two cognitive biases, which are selective selective attention bias, noticing things that are salient to us and disregarding Mm. the rest, followed by confirmation bias, which are looking for things that support our hypothesis while disregarding potential counter evidence. Um, So that was going to be my question, actually, was does this... Does this fit with confirmation bias? Because as soon as you started saying that, I was like, this sounds like... Meh. Yeah, it's part of it. So the reason it's called Beta-Meinhof, which has absolutely nothing to do with the uh, Red Army faction, <laughs> yeah. um, was because the term was coined on a... Um, someone wrote into a newspaper article uh, in the early 90s saying that he had recently learned of the Beta-Meinhof um, group and wherever he looked now they kept popping up right and that was where like that was apparently where this phenomenon like appeared so it can be for like really trivial things or like you know is this like at a certain surface level um you know, because you were saying it's like literally the only thing you could process. So it seems like it's like, you know. No, sorry, for... not not the only thing. You become... What I was saying was like you have so much sensory input mm. that you don't have the processing power yeah, in so your you just filter brain. everything else out. Yeah, so you, right. you, you're filtering things out, you know, all the time. And when you are thinking of one thing, like your first car. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a common example. Um, you will more often than not notice other cars the same as yours, or if you are looking for a car, if you're buying a car, that's quite when mm. when this happens again. Um, you see a car that you like, and you're like, "Oh, I've I've not really seen that kind of car before." Um, when you start looking for those cars, you'll see far more of them, and you'll think that. Um, there are more of those cars on the road, but actually, it's. What did you refer to that as, Jensen? You said it was down as something else. So it's the reticular activator. Um, ah, okay. Is what I've heard it called. Um, I'm thinking of. I'm trying to think of a name for the episode which combines like because basically oh, mine was on camouflage. Jensen's was on like 
impersonation slash espionage slash evasion and then likes is on like basically the opposite about like a hypersensitivity um a strange episode but a good one i don't i don't i don't know any other facts you want to tell us mike about your topic before we uh wrap up no there's there's not really much else to say about it (laughs) (laughs) how did you um how did you come across the name because it is an obscure name you just did you just google what what is a phenomenon when you see more cars than, than usual i searched for it because i remember it being like i've heard of this before and i remember it being one right. of those terms that you can't ever remember <laughs> because it's it's just <laughs> yeah. a yeah it's just a name i forgot it the second you said it mike i'm sorry and then jensen was like oh yeah, yeah. he repeated it which was good <laughs> I'll forget it in half an hour, though. It'll be gone. It'll be gone tomorrow. Oh, yeah. It's like, never one that you'll remember. <laughs> <laughs> I found most of our topics on this show are kind of like that, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, there's things where I go, oh, I talked about that, but I can't remember what it was called. <laughs> um, even my own topics. Um, right. We need to come up with a name. Yeah. Um, bids, ladies and gentlemen, bids for names. The... The counterfeit invisible car. Oh, I don't. You know. always the counterfeit invisible car. You always see. <laughs> <laughs> Super long title. Uh, Mike, suggestion from you. A tequila yeah. sunrise with maple syrup. <laughs> yeah, you should just start putting you know in the names of the cocktails that I've made. It. That's it. That's that's the name of it. Tequila sunrise with maple syrup. That's the episode name. It's done. Nice. I'm writing it down. Okay, sweet. I'm gonna wrap it up then. Um, okay, so thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of First Thoughts, where we have gained an insight into Mike's drinks cupboard, uh, an insight into <laughs> <laughs> Jensen's YouTube um, video history, and <laughs> an insight into World War One and camouflage methods. So yeah, if you're interested in checking out more about the show, you can follow us on Instagram. Um, Twitter and Facebook using the handle at JRJ Podcast and you can listen to us on Spotify, Castbox, Apple Playlists, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and probably some, somewhere else. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> oh. Smashed it. Beautiful. Sweet. Right, boys. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Mike and looks what? like he's had a couple of tequilas. He's ready. <laughs> <laughs> Are you well, alright, Mike? Oh, <laughs> you just knackered. Well, I'm about to go watch Catch Me If You Can Believe It or not. Oh, nice. I was like, you know, I've been reading this and I want to watch the film now, so that's what I'm off to go do. Nice. So, um, enjoy. Right, well, I'll, see yeah. you, I'll see you later, boys. Yeah. yeah, see you next time. See you later. See you next time, bye. everyone. Bye bye. <laughs>